All right, Shabbosai, good morning, good morning, Aguten Chodesh, Halech Beautiful way to start the new month together, really, Ashikoch Tavon, especially Ashikoch Tavon, Yehuda Buchwalter, for dedicating, for sponsoring this morning's breakfast. In honor of Chanukah, in honor of Rosh Chodesh, and a tremendous Yashikach to Sayyid for always, uh, literally, you don't realize, like, he gives up half of his own davening to go ahead and prepare breakfast for everyone else, which is, I know many people might give up davening to do a lot of different things, right? But, but Sayyid's actually someone who wouldn't rather give up davening, but managed to go ahead and to facilitate a pleasurable and beautiful experience for all of us. He does that. So Sayyid, Shemendis Yashikach, thank you for, ev- for everything you do. Let's say, with that, let us begin. Let's begin by thanking all of our sponsors. To so thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Teves. Haba Aleinu Litova. The Shurim this month are dedicated by the Dafyomi Shir in memory of Mr. Martyr Mordechai David Ben Rafala Cohen. We hope that in the merit of his Talmud Torah, the Neshama will have an Aliyah and the family a Nechama. To thank Shirley Elbaum and family for dedicating the Shurim this month in commemoration of the yard site of Jerry Elbaum. Yaakov Kapol ben Rav Avram Menachem Zichron Lebracha. We hope down in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshama Havan Aliyah, and the family Enochama. And we'll say with that, let us begin. So we have a lot to do today. Actually, not, not so much to do. Well, yes, there is a lot to do today. Um, in general, in life, um, the daf happens to be a little bit shorter, but in merit session, I will say very rewarding. So let's begin. Today's daf is Samech Aleph, 61. Yehuda, Yehuda, thank you. I, I, you are out back. Thank you, thank you so very much. Really, really beautiful. Really beautiful. We should do this every day. That would be great. We'll also then space the tables out a little bit more, you know, as, as people uh, extend. And it's really, so, really, and thank you. And, and, and while we're giving our cards to because Chanukah Mamish is of Hoda, a tremendous thank you and shkayach to Ari Lerner for always, uh, for always preparing the coffee and always making sure we say, you know, you know, without coffee, nothing, nothing in life happens without coffee. Especially, again, early morning dafyomi, and that Rabari makes sure that whether he's here or he delegates the responsibility to someone else, make sure that Baruch Hashem would always have a Sa'ari. Thank you. I'm happy the entire share. Shukach Kadon. Thank you. He'll say, okay, let's, let's go back to this. So today's daf is Samech Aleph, Ahmed Aleph 61a. We are actually picking up. One, two, three, four, five lines down from the top. So I was I just want to close out yesterday's sugi. I realized I could have closed it out at the end of Shir, but I just, we were out of time. If you remember again, in yesterday's daf, we spoke about three different cases. We spoke about konam yayin she'eni to'im hayom, or konam yayin she'eni to'im yom echad. What's the difference between hayom and yom echad? Hayom means what? A little chazara. Hayom means... Today, which means calendrical day. Calendrical day until nightfall versus Yom Echad, which means 24 hours. What they call in Allah often, me'es le'es, 24 hours. The Gemara ended off with a shayla of what happens if a person, she, what happens if a person just says, Yom, konam yayin she'eni toim yom. What is yom? Is yom like Yom Echad? Is yom like, like hayom? So the Gemara tries to prove it. Rabbi said, the way the sugya ends, is totally inconclusive. So if you look at the Ran on Samech Aleph of 61a, on the left-hand side, the first short line. So the Ran says, Since we didn't answer this question, therefore, So I will say the Gemara says something very interesting, that ultimately, at the end of the day, we don't really answer the question. 
The Gemara doesn't really resolve it. So therefore, any time you don't have resolution on a halachic issue, what are you going to do? You're going to go to Chumrah. So therefore, because we can't prove whether Yom is like Yom Echad or Hayom, ultimately, again, therefore, it's going to be Aser for a 24-hour period. That, that becomes the Chumrah. So essentially, I will say, the default Chumrah is that Yom becomes like Yom Echad. Okay, good. With that, let's go back to you. So let's listen to this. So we'll say this is such an interesting case over here. Person says, I take a nether that I'm not going to drink wine for a yovel. For a yovel. So what's talacha? So my my chamishim chamishim or chamishim. So we'll say, so what does that mean? So now when he gets now, let's let's assume we'll say that it's like this, like this year. This is the first year of a Shemitah cycle. So now if I say, I'm not going to go ahead and drink wine for a Yovel, so what does that mean? Does that mean I'm, allowed to, I'm not allowed to drink wine through the 50th year or up until the 50th year? So my shnas chamishim kilifnim, is the 50th year included in the nether? Or kilachar chamishim, or is year 50 considered to be kind of, I mean, the nether extends up until year 50, but year 50 is already post nether. So which one is it? So Tashma will say, let's analyze this. This is really quite interesting. The Sanyo, so we'll say, in reality, this, this is a b'raiso that contains the machlokes of the Rabbana. What's the machlokes? Here we go. So the Pasuk says, V'kidashtem es shnasa chamishim shana. So the Pasuk says, you shall consecrate or sanctify the 50th year. So what do we see from here? Shnasa chamishim atamona, v'atamona shnas chamishim ba'achos. So we'll say, listen to this. We're going to see now a fundamental machlokas in how you look at the Shemitah. Well, so remember again, remember, when is the Shemitah year? What is the Shemitah year? The 50th year. But specifically, when does it occur? After seven Shemitah cycles. Right? So you have seven Shemitah cycles. That gives you 49 years. And then the 50th year, i.e. the year after the end of the seventh Shemitah cycle, is the Yovel year. 50. And we'll say, what's the Shaila? Is year 50 also count as year one of the next cycle, right? In other words, so remember, technically speaking, if, it wasn't, if that 50th year wasn't a Yovel year, what would that 50th year be? What would it be? Year one of cycle number eight. That's what it would be. So that's the Shaila. When you observe a Yovel year, it's a Yovel year, year 50, and also year 51. In other words, does it count as the 50th year, but that 50th year is also year one of the new cycle, or no? Maybe year 50 is year 50. And when does year one of the eighth cycle begin? In year, what we call year 51. Year 51. So that's the Shiloh. Can the Yo, does the Yovel year count both as the 50th year and as the first year of the new cycle or not? So therefore the Gemara says over here, You shall sanctify the 50th year. So the Gemara says, Teaches us, Yovel is counted only as year 50, but it does not count as year 51. It does not count as year 51. They both say, take a quick look at the rush for just a moment. Actually, before we go, from here we say, that Yovel does not count as year one towards the eighth cycle. Yovel is year 50, but it does not count as year number one in the eighth Shemitah cycle. I will say, take a quick look at the rush. This is really quite interesting. Quick look at the rush. Uh, it's like right in the middle of the rush. 
שנס חמישים אטמונה ואטמונה שנס חמישים ואחז, כלומר, שנס חמישים אטמונה לתשלום יובל שעבר, ואטמונה עושה ליוס אחד ליובל הבא. The 50th year of Osei is the conclusion of the previous Yovel cycle, so it closes out the previous Yovel cycle, but that year 50 does not count as year one of the next cycle. So just to appreciate this, we, we don't really have this yet because we don't have Yovel yet. We don't have Yovel yet. Although again, pretty soon, pretty soon there'll be Yovel also because again, all you require, not all you require, but what you require is Rov Yoshvea Alehal, the majority of Kalal are residing in Eretz Yisrael. And the truth is that scale is going to tip relatively shortly. So it's going to be very many, very, many, many incredibly exciting things are going to happen when the majority of Am Yisrael lives in Eretz Yisrael. Already Abbasah, you saw the most dramatic thing happen this last Shemitah year. I, I spoke about this a number of times throughout the year, which is this past Shemitah year saw the greatest number of farmers observing Shemitah since the times of the second day Samikdash. It was an incredible, incredible thing. Again, we didn't stand what that means. More farmers observing Shemitah since the times of the second base Hamikdash. It's incredible. So we'll say, so in any event, what the Gemara saying over here is like this. In the, in the agricultural cycle, we're used to thinking about things in like seven years, in Shemitah cycles. The truth is, in, 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 the, in the agricultural cycle, things are really looked at as part of the Yovel cycle. Right? The, in other words, the agricultural cycle works on a 50-year cycles. 50-year cycles. So remember, again, this is also important because remember, also in Yovel, you have certain, uh, you have certain we'll call it uh, real estate transactions that are reversed as well. Okay, well, we'll get into more of that in any event. So what the Gemara says is like this. The Yovel year, the 50th year, is the closeout of that cycle. Of that cycle. But the Yovel year does not count as year one of the next cycle. Now, both say, remember, why is there this tension? Why is there a tension? There's a tension because year 50, year 50 is technically what? First year of the next cycle. I just want to point right. So again, so that's why there's this tension. Therefore, the Gemara says, no, no, no. The 50th year is the 50th year, the close of the Yovel cycle. It is not year one of the next Shemitah cycle. Okay, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, no, Yova Ola Leminyan Shavua. Rabbi Huda disagrees. And Rabbi Huda holds that Allah Chalam I'm sorry, did I, did I move? Okay, oh, what a good answer. The camera moved. Yes, excellent, good. So says, Rabbi Huda says, no, Yova counts for both. Yova ultimately, again, is the close of the previous agricultural cycle. And Yova also is the beginning year number one of the next Shemitah cycle. So as I current Rabbi Yehuda, Yova could actually operate in both capacities. Look at the rush again. Rabbi Yehuda suffered Yovel Hias Tchilas Shviyas Abba Hilchach Rabbanon Aser Bishnas Hayovel Rabbi Yehuda Motor. So as I say, now listen to this. Okay, so before we go on, before we go on, so you have now this fundamental machlokas in the nature of Yovel. Is Yovel simply the closeout for the, what we'll call it, the previous agricultural cycle and not year one, therefore not year one of the next cycle? Or Yovel, now again, the truth is everyone agrees that Yovel is the closeout of the previous cycle. The Shaila is, is it also year number one of the next cycle? So Rabbi Huda says, you could essentially dual purpose Yovel. It's the closeout of the previous cycle and ultimately again, year number one of the next cycle. Now, I will say, now the reason why this makes, the reason why this makes a difference 
is because halacha lemaisa. What happens if a person says konam yayin she'eni toim liyovel? So now I'm not going to drink wine for yovel. So I will say. So what's the shaila? When does that nether end? So according to the rabbanon, when does the nether end? The nether goes through the yovel year because the yovel year is part of his current cycle. It could very well be that according to Rabbi Yehuda, right, the nether actually ends at the yovel year. It doesn't include the yovel year. Why? Why? Because the yovel year also is part of what? The next cycle. And because it's part of the next cycle, therefore, Allah, you could drink wine during that year. Okay, so that's the Gemara's quoting over here. Now, both saying, now once we got into this Machlokas, the Gemara's going to spend a little bit of time on this. So the Gemara says as follows. Gemara says, um, good. So I'm going to Rabbi Yehuda. So the Rabbana said Rabbi Yehuda. So let's remember again. So the Rabbana are saying, Yovel is part of the current agricultural cycle, does not count the year as year one of the next cycle. Rabbi Yehuda says, I agree, it's part of the current agricultural cycle, but it also counts as year one of the next cycle. So Rabbi Yehuda says, Rabbi Yehuda, Harehu Omer, Sheish Shanim Tizra Sadecha, Here's the problem. Watch this. I'll tell you why you're wrong. I'll tell you why you're wrong. Because what does the Pasuk say? How, how does the Shemitah cycle work? Six years you're allowed to plow your field, and year number seven you can't. Well, if you hold that the Yovel year counts as the first year of the next cycle, Shabbos says, play this out. Therefore, year one of what we'll call cycle number eight, year one of cycle number eight is Yovel. What can you do with your field during Yovel? What do you do with your field during Yovel? Nothing. It's like just like a Shemitah year. So we'll say that's going to mean that in cycle number eight, you only have five plowable years, right? Because year one is Yovel. Then you have year two, three, four, five, six, right? And then ultimately year seven is Shemitah again. So there's only five years of plow. There's only five plowable years. But the Pasuk, when it speaks about Shemitah, tells you that you're going to have six plowable years, which is a proof to say that Yovel does not count as year one of cycle number eight, but rather Yovel only counts as part of the previous cycle. So Amr Lahem, so Rabbi Yudha says, I can say back to you, according to Rabbanon, Harei Omer, Rabbi say, watch this. The Pasuk says by year number six, by year number six in the Shemitah cycle, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to give us enough wheat, enough crop for three years. We'll say, why three years? Year six, seven, and then I will say the post-Shemitah year, year number eight, you also need crop until the new crop comes in. But according to you, Rabbanon, ultimately again, Harekan Arba, in the Yovel year, in the Yovel year, you need for four years, right? You must remember again, Yovel is like a Shemitah year, which means in year number six, you're going to need, I should say, really, it's in year, in year, in year 48, right? In year 48, you're going to need for 48, that's, right, that's the sixth year. You're going to need 49, that's the Shemitah year. You're going to need year 50, that's the Yovel year. And you're going to need year 51, which is, again, according to the Rabbanon, year number one of cycle number eight. So what do you do with the Pasuk? So I'll say, rather, what you have to say, what you have to say is we'll say rather what you have to say is that these psukim of or are talking about regular non yovel cycles, which is the majority of time. So the psukim themselves, you're right. The yovel year, we'll say, and, and if you think about it, it's absolutely incredible. In the yovel year, that year number six or year number forty eight. 
you have to have four times as much produce. It's actually quite incredible because you've got essentially two back-to-back shmiti years. I would say, so in any event, what Rabbi is going to say is it has to be that what? It has to be that Alokha those psukim are referring to non-yoval years. Good. Sefer Abosai, Halokha Lamaisa. Halokha Lamaisa, the Gemara seems to indicate that if you go ahead and, I don't think the Ran even goes ahead. I don't know what the Ran brings down over here. He, does, he doesn't bring, the Ran himself doesn't bring down a Halokha Lamaisa. So I will say, so it sounds like over here, if you went ahead and you made a nether, if you made a nether, ultimately, again, I'm not going to drink wine for a yovel. Does, does, that, does that nether include the Yobel year, not include the Yobel year? The Yomar wants to suggest that Allah said that's part of the Mahlokas, Rabbi Huda and the Rabbana, which I will say is a fantastic Mahlokas. So again, let's be on the Mahlokas just a moment. How do you view year number 50? Is year number 50, the Yobel year, considered to be, is it attached to the previous cycle, the closure of the previous cycle, but has nothing to do with, we'll call it the eighth cycle of Shemitah, or no, perhaps year number, that's the Rabbanon, or Rabbi Huda, year 50 kind of has a dual identity. It closes out, it's considered to be year 50, the closeout of the previous cycle, and it also counts as what? Year number one of the next cycle. So ultimately, you know, we'll say the Rambam Paskins, like, like the Rabbanon, that Yovel Eino Ola Leminyan Shavua. The Rambam Paskins, that the Yovel year is the closeout of the seven previous cycles, but the Yovel year does not count as year number one of the next cycle. So I will say, so essentially just how you would realize it, in the year of a, in the year of a Yovel, you'd have year 48, which is essentially the sixth year of the seventh Shemitah cycle. I'm sorry, yes, you'd have then year 49, which is the seventh Shemitah, year 50, which is then Yovel, stop. Then I will say, what would happen? Then would be year number one. Then would be year number one, which essentially, again, the clock starts again. But for illustrative purposes, it would be year number one of the eighth cycle. Incredible. Let's go back to Ada Pesach Aser. So I will say, so if you remember again, going back to the Mishnah, we had an interesting case here. So the Mishnah said, Ada Pesach. If a person makes a nether, not to drink wine, Ad HaPesach. So I will say, so what's the halacha? Aser Ad Shiagiyah. Okay, so I will say, in that case, Everyone agreed. What does Ada Pesach mean? It means ultimately until Pesach comes. Now, what happens if you say Ad Shiehe until it is Pesach? Asr Ad Shiyetzeh. Okay, fine. Now, what's the Rizimachlokis case? Ad Lifneha Pesach. What happens if a person says up until Lifneha Pesach? So, what does that mean? Rabbi Meir said Asr Ad Shiyagiyah. Rabbi Meir says Ad Lifne means up until the beginning of Pesach. Rabbi Yossi says Asr Ad Shiyetzeh. Ultimately, again, until Pesach is over. Until Pesach is over. Okay. So Rabbi says, so now watch this. So now it says the Gimar, the Memra, to Rabbi Meir Savar, Loma Ayel Inishlam Shasega. Now Rabbi says, let's talk about this in just a moment. So here, here, here's the case. Before we turn the page, here's the case. Right? Ad Sheyagia. Right? I'm sorry. What was the Lashon over here? Ad Lifnea Pesach. That, that was the Lashon. Dagos Fitzunim changed this a little bit. He said, really, it means Ad Pnei HaPesach, right? Ad Pnei HaPesach. So I will say, what does Ad Pnei HaPesach mean? Rabbi Meir says it means up until the beginning of the Yomtiv. Rabbi Yossi says it means until the end of the Yomtiv. Now I will say, Rabbi Yossi doesn't literally mean that Ad Pnei HaPesach means up until the end of the Yomtiv. What does he, rather, what does he mean? He's, what does he say? It could mean that. It could mean that. So since it could mean that, we're going to go, we're going to extend the nether until the end of it, because it could mean that. 
Shabbos so said, so what's unfolding over here, the fundamental machlok is what's over here is, do we assume that people are ambiguous with their Lashonos? Or do we assume that people are precise with their Lashonos? That's the real machlokis over here. So watch this. It says the Gemara. So the Memra, the Rabbi Meir Savar, Loma Ayel Inish Nafshi Lisveka, on the base. Rabbi Meir holds, a person does not say ambiguous Lashon. Therefore, At Penea Pesach must mean what? Up until the start of Pesach. A person doesn't say things in an ambiguous fashion. Ultimately, Rabbi Yossi Sav, Rabbi Yossi on the other hand holds, Ma'ayel Inish Nafshi Lisveka. Rabbi Yossi says, no. People do say ambiguous things, and therefore, again, Ad Pnei Pesach means what? Up until the end of Pesach, to which the Gemara says, Raminu, is that really true? Mishyesh Shabbos, what the Gemara is going to say is, in other words, so right now we're saying that the mayor holds, people don't make ambiguous statements. And therefore, when something sounds ambiguous, we assume they still meant something precise, and therefore we'll interpret it that way. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yosef says, no, people do make ambiguous statements, and therefore, again, we're going to have to go ahead and explain those statements in kind of the most expansive way possible. So the Gemara says, is that true, or minhu? So listen to this. Jose is such a great case. Mishi yeshlo kite banos, So here we go. This guy, we'll call him Ruvain. Ruvain has two wives, and two groups of daughters from both wives. Okay. You already know this is a disaster before we go any further. Let's <laughs> go say, now watch this. Vamar, listen to this. Kidashti esbiti hagidola. So the guy says, I know that I betrothed my oldest daughter. Ve'ini yodea. Here's the only problem is, I don't, I don't know which daughter it was. I was, it happens, I will say, right? There was a big breakfast by Dafyomi, right? In other words, you were having a conversation with someone. You've got a son, I've got a daughter, let's just lock this down. Right? So, and, but then I saw Jelly Donuts, Jelly Donuts, Jelly Donuts, very easily distracted. Right? So, so, so now watch this. So he says, so he went ahead and he knows that he was Makadesh, he was Makadesh, his Biti Gidola, my older daughter. I just don't know which daughter I had in mind. Now, I saying, now watch this. They know there. They both say, now here's the ambiguity. St- stuff happens. Stuff happens. Here's the ambiguity. Now remember again, why is this case confusing? Because Ruvain has two wives, Rachel and Leah. But I will say, we have not mentioned Ruvain, Rachel, and Leah since our Yavamas days, right? This is like a Yavamas throwback. So now watch this. So now, remember, he's got, let's say for argument's sake, Reuven has two daughters with Rachel, two daughters with Leah. Now let's just, for, for, for illustrative purposes, let's assume he married Rachel first and then Leah. So watch this. And let's assume for a moment that the order of the daughters are Rachel's daughter A, daughter B, Leah, daughter C, daughter D. Okay, so Rachel's daughters are older than Leah's daughters. Okay, now watch this. See, he says, I know that I betrothed my older daughter. Now, older daughter can mean a lot in this context. It can mean, maybe it means the oldest of Rachel's daughters. Or maybe it means what? The firstborn of Leah's daughters. Or maybe it means, or maybe it means Rachel's second daughter, who's still older than what? Leah's two daughters. So essentially, first of all, a lot going on in this case, right? So first of all, number one, Ruvain 
you probably should sleep elsewhere tonight, right? That, that's number one, right? Number two, I want to say, so what do we do? What do we do? So cool and Asos are Mary. Mary says the truth is, all of the daughters are Asr, except for Chutz, Minak Tanashebiktanos. Says Rebbe Sehu, now, the only girl who for sure is not betrothed, Rebbe Sehu, the youngest of Leah's daughters, right? The youngest of Leah's daughters, the youngest, youngest daughter, because she's not a Gidola, right? She's not older than anyone. Anyone else who wants to remember again, let's go through this, right? Remember, he married Rachel before Leah. Rachel's two daughters are older than, than Leah's two daughters. So remember again, it could be Rachel's firstborn, because she's the oldest. It could be Rachel's secondborn, because her secondborn is still what? Older than Leah's two daughters. It could be Leah's firstborn, because she's older than Leah's secondborn, but it can't be Leah's second daughter. Okay, so the only one for sure who is not included in this is Leah's second daughter. So let's say, that's right, Mayor. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says, no, no, no. All of them are mutter. No. What does oldest daughter mean? What does oldest daughter mean? Ruven's oldest daughter. Who's Ruven's oldest daughter? Who's Ruven's oldest daughter? Rachel's firstborn. So by the way, now what do you see from here? The shitos are flipped. In this case, in this case, in this case, Rabbi Meir is the one who assumes that people make ambiguous Lashonos and therefore again is going to go ahead and... And ultimately, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, Rabbi Meir is the one who says that all of them are Asr except for the youngest one. Rabbi, and so you see from here that Rabbi Meir ultimately again says that people make ambiguous Lashonas versus Rabbi Yossi who says that why people don't make ambiguous statements. Rather, again, he must have meant his oldest daughter. So I will say this is the opposite of the way it's framed in our Mishnah. To which the words are only Chanina Baradimi Amarav, Mukhlef Esashit, Enachinami, Sutra and the Mishnah. So try the Mishnah. And therefore, I will say, our Mishnah also, and our Mishnah should read, that if you said, Ab Pnei Pesach, Rabbi Meir holds that you're Asr through the end of Pesach. Rabbi Yossi says, you're only Asr up until the beginning of Pesach. Switch the sheet. Thus, Aiva Tanya. So I will say, again, a verse that supports this. Zeaklal, Kol Shezmano Kavua, Va'amar Ad Lipnei. So ultimately, again, anything that has a set time, like Pesach, and you said, Ad Lipnei, Rabbi Meir, Omer Ad Shiyetzei. Rabbi Meir says, you're Asr through the end of the Yandiv. Rabbi Yossi, Omer Rabbi Yossi says, ultimately, again, you're only Asr up until the arrival. So Rabbi Yossi says, so indeed, what we end up doing is switching the Lashonos. And Rabbi Yossi, it turns out that Rabbi Meir is the opinion that holds. People do make ambiguous Lashonos. And therefore, if you say, Konem Yayin, She'eni Toim, Ad Pnei HaPesach, Rabbi Meir interprets that, that the nether is, you are Asr to drink wine until when? Until the end of Pesach. Just like Rabbi Meir would say that Halacha in this case of Ruvain, if Ruvain betrothed his oldest daughter and he's not sure which one he did, who's Aser? Who's Aser? All of them are Aser except for the youngest of, right, the youngest of the youngest. Mamish, the youngest girl. Rabbi Yossi, on the other hand, says, if you make an answer, Rabbi Yossi will say, you're Aser up until the beginning of Pesach. And in this case, we betrothed an older daughter. Which daughter is betrothed? Which daughter? Only the oldest daughter of Rachel. Because Rabbi Yossi holds, people don't make ambiguous statements, and therefore we, we interpret what appears to be ambiguous statement in a specific way. First, Rabbi Meir says, people do make ambiguous statements, and therefore, again, you have to interpret the statements to Chumrah. Incredible. Rabbi Yossi, Baiter. Baiter. Ada Kotsir, Ada Botsir, Ada Masi. Here we go. A person goes ahead and says... Same case, any konim yayin, or any toim yayin, or konam, any toim yayin, I'm not going to drink wine until when? Ada katsir. Rabbi Yossi, means the wheat harvest. 
Basir means the grape harvest. Masik means the olive harvest. So what's that? Huh? You're only usher up until the time of the harvest arrives. So now they're both saying, what's the Havamina? The Havamina is that maybe I should be usher when? Through the end of the harvest. No, you're only usher up until the time that the harvest arrives. Zaklau. So I'll say what we just mentioned before. This is the rule. Kosha's manokabua. Anything that has a set time. ad And you framed your nether is as I will be usher up until the arrival of this event, Asr Ad Ultimately, again, the Isr only applies until the arrival of the event. Amar Ad say, but if you use the Lashon of, quite, let's say, I will not drink wine, Ad until it will be, or until it is, Asr Ad You are Asr through the conclusion of the event. So, say, so just to give you an example, Right? So if you were to go ahead, if you were to go ahead and say, let me use Pesach for just a moment, because Pesach is a good example of Zmano Kavua. So if a person says, Konam Yayin She'eni Toim, right? Ad HaPesach, Ad HaPesach, or Ad Shiagiyah HaPesach, I can't drink wine until when? Up until the arrival of Pesach. Once Pesach arrives, I can drink wine. If you were to say, Konam Yayin She'eni Toim, Ad Shiyehei, HaPesach, until it is Pesach, then what? I'm also to drink wine when? Through the end of Pesach. That's with something that is Zmano Kavua, has a set time. On the other hand, the Choshen Zmano Kavua, what happens if you have something that doesn't have a set time? Doesn't have a set time. So what's the halacha? Bein Amar Ad Shiehei. Bein Amar Ad Eino Asr Ela Ad Shiehagiyah. So we'll say, so again, if something doesn't have a set time, so he doesn't have a set time. Then halacha lemaisa what? Then halacha lemaisa, whether you said ad, ad shiyehei, or ad shiyagiyah, you're only usher up until the beginning of that particular event. Fine. So we'll define that a bit more. Adakayetz, what happens if you say, we'll say now adakayetz is the fig harvest. The fig harvest. So what if I said, same case, I'm not going to drink wine up until the beginning, of, up until the fig harvest. Ad shiyehei akayetz. So what does that mean? So, uh, I'm sorry, lost the place. So I'll say, ultimately, again, if you said, I'm not going to drink wine, ultimately, again, up until the fig harvest, or so what does that mean? So I'll say, so whether you said, or you're only up until the time where people begin to put figs into their baskets. Right? So at the time of this, when does the fig harvest begin? When people begin to put figs into their baskets, that's the duration of the nether. If you say, you make it, the way you frame the nether is, I'm not going to drink wine until when? Until the kayets is over. Right? Then, you are not permitted to drink wine up until they put away their knives. So if you look at, um, no, nothing yet. Fine. Until they put away their knives. So both say, so apparently again, if you if you look at the Ran, the Ran says over here, he says, These were the knives, these were the knives that ultimately again they would cut up the figs with. Now both say the truth is, these weren't knives necessarily just used to harvest, 
These were actually knives that were used to cut the figs to make them into cakes of pressed figs. That's what the Rand points out over here. He says, So ultimately, again, so ultimately, so this is actually very interesting. So if you just say, or So when is that nether in effect until? So the people begin to put figs in their baskets. But if you phrase the nether as, I won't drink wine until when? Until the fig harvest season is over. When is the fig harvesting season over? When people put away their fig knives, put away their fig knives, then the harvest season is over. So what says the Gimara Tana? When we speak about the fact, when the Gimara said that if a person made a nether, I'm not going to drink wine until the fig harvest season begins. So the Mishnah said, when does it, or when does it, when, when does the fig season begin, or when does the season begin? When people begin to put things into their basket. Shabbos said, now the Raisa says, when we say the basket, it means a basket of figs, not a basket of grapes, not a basket of grapes. So Tanyo, Hanodrami Peros HaKayetz, if a person makes a nether not to eat the peros of the kayets, of the harvest, Ein Asra he's only Asra tea figs. No, grapes are included in figs. And therefore, if you make a neder, not to go ahead and eat the fruit of the kayits. We'll say, what's interesting about this is as follows. There's a different term used for fig harvest than for grape harvest, right? Remember again, grape harvest is called batsir. A fig harvest is called kayits. What's, what, what, what's interesting over here is, is there some level of interchangeability in terms? So the way this conversation started is like this. If I make a nether, I'm not going to drink wine up until the kayets, right? So when am I allowed, when am I, until when am I not allowed to drink wine? What did the mission say? Until when? Until when? Until people begin placing things into their baskets. Now we assumed the things that the mission refers to are what? Are what? Figs. The Bryce now comes along and says, yeah, it only means figs, not grapes. Now there's a second opinion that says, no, it means grapes also. Why? Because apparently there's a school of thought that says there's some level of interchangeability between grapes and figs. For example, if a person says, I'm not, I make a nether, I'm not going to eat perosakayets. So what's included in that? So, right, so the first opinion said, Tanakama says it's only figs. Mishigunil says, no, it's also grapes. My time at the Tanakama, what's the reason Tanakama? Kasava. So what's very interesting, Tanakama says, because there's no, figs and grapes are reckoned separately. Why? Because they're harvested differently. How are they harvested differently? Figs apparently are harvested by hand. That's why, by the way, Duran said, Duran said that even though we said before that if you make a nether not to go ahead and drink wine until the end of the fig season, when's the end of the fig season, fig harvest season? When is that? When they put away their knives. That's why the Ran said, the knife, what are the knives used for? To cut the figs, to put, make them into cake or pressed figs. It's not used for harvest. A date of, sorry, figs are actually harvested by hand. They're harvested by hand. Versus grapes, which are often harvested ultimately, again, on a red, not with, with a knife or with some type of utensil, not by hand. So that's why Tanakama says, therefore, again, if you make a neder, nati perosakayitz, it only refers to figs, doesn't refer to grapes because they're fundamentally harvested differently. So Rabbi Shimon on the other hand, that 
He says over here, Anovim ki miradon, or miradidon. Tehran says, when ultimately again, the stems of the grapes dry out, they're often also cut by knife. Rashi, the Ran says, Keshevshu Oksianovim Afhemi, I'm sorry, not that was like by hand. Right? So, I'll say, so interestingly enough, it's fascinating. It seems to be that the reason why grapes aren't normally harvested by knife is because since the stem is moist, so it'll be harder to do it by knife versus by hand, ultimately again, I'm sorry, just the opposite. Right? The, the grapes are normally harvested by knife because the stems are moist. And therefore, to get that off by hand, you run the risk of ruining the grapes. However, so therefore, again, the Tanakama will say that if you go ahead and you make a nether that says, I'm not going to eat peros hakaitz, peros hakaitz, tafka refers to, to figs because figs are harvested differently than grapes. What about Shemuel? says, yeah, normally figs are harvested differently than grapes. But Lamaisa, by grapes also, when the stem dries out, Ultimately, then you could even go ahead and harvest it by hand. So there is a time when figs and grapes are harvested the same way. And therefore, if you made a nether that says, I'm not going to eat peros kairis, it could also include grapes as well. Good, I will say. So again, so we're, we're not finished. It's much more to do in this. I will say, we'll stop over for today. We're actually going to happen a few minutes of Mesilas Yisharim. So I will say, so just again, tomorrow, tomorrow we're also davening 7.15, Shirafiz, I will say, tomorrow, Ridiculous Gemara. Ridiculous. Right? Too good. Too good. Mamish, too. Almost like we haven't earned it. That, that's, that's how good a Gemara like this. A little bit of Agarata tomorrow. Fascinating halacha. The boss says to a little Messilas Yisharim. A little Messilas Yisharim.